This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500 thousand happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family so to get your own active skin repair go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20 percent off your order when you use the code shameless that's activeskinrepair.com use the code shameless for 20 percent off your order activeskinrepair.com code shameless This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 658. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 658. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community. So be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Hello, shameless moms. Happy Monday. Here we are. If you're listening in live time, it's the middle of June and it's our last week of school for our family. I know some of you are right there with me. I know some of you might have a little more time left. And I know a bunch of you are like, yeah, it's midsummer for us. We've got out of school like three months ago. So um, I am in that feeling of like, oh my gosh, it's almost summer. And also, Oh my goodness, I was at Vinny's flag football game the other day talking with some moms about like the rigmarole of summer camp and how every week is a whole new system and structure and different everything, right? Like different protocols and drop-offs and lunch situations and pickup times and locations, so much to manage. So I'm trying to be really enthusiastic about the life my child is going to lead this summer because he's doing a lot of fun things. And I also am like, Okay, you're going to be tired though. <laughs> There's, it's just a lot. It's just a lot. <laughs> so, like, how can we honor both? How can we honor that summer is just so much? And I have said this so many times. I think I talk about it every summer. Like, the whole propaganda, let's just call it that the propaganda of summer camp. It's the entire 
side hustle business that you didn't know you were signing up for when you became a mom. It is such a an ordeal. It is such an ordeal, childcare in the summer. Also, the other piece of that on top of like figuring it out and managing it and the financing it, which is unreal, all those things together. But like the financing thing was another big thing no one warned us about. But the other side of that is like these kids are living their best lives. It's so wild to me. So wild because when I was a kid, the first couple of weeks of summer were really exciting because they were new. And then it was just really boring for a long time, like a whole bunch of weeks of boringness. And not because my mom, like she would take us to the beach and we did like normal summer things, but it was just this like really quiet downtime, which I don't, I remember it fondly, not like I was bored and upset about being bored, but it was just like, it was downtime. Not so much for these kids. Not so much. I don't know of many kids who have a lot of downtime. It's literally because I know of so many families with two working parents that every week is just a fiasco of how to find childcare and keep a child engaged in an activity so that like parents can keep their jobs. <laughs> That's really what it's about. I do know Vinny is going to be 10 in September. And so I have a few friends who have kids a little bit older than that. And they have warned me about the fact that children age out of summer camp, that like after the age of 12, the offerings are just much less. And I had this realization that like, oh, this kid actually might be home all summer. Maybe he will be bored. And What am I comfortable with? Am I going to let him play video games all day? I think maybe he's going to need to become like an official employee of the Shameless Mom Academy and I'm going to need to put him to work. (laughs) I don't know what that will look like, but I'll let you know when we get there. So wherever you're at in your summer, however you're kicking things off, whatever you are, however you're navigating the wild, wild west that is every single summer, I'm wishing you joy. I'm wishing you peace and I am wishing you like some bits of rest where you schedule in, and we talked about this in the episode a few weeks ago about building out your summer bucket list, where you schedule in what is going to make your summer special? What is going to be nourishing for you this summer? Because your summer is not just about nourishing your child. Your summer can be about nourishing you too. And what will that look like for you? So that's my summer spiel. What I want to talk about now is as I'm wrapping up this school year with Vinny, I am in this position of wrapping up my first year co-chairing the Parent Association at Vinnie's School. And I haven't talked a ton about it. I've referenced it from time to time on the show. But I know, having mentioned it a couple times, that there are a number of you who also have been in leadership positions at your kids' schools, some of you doing really similar things, chairing, co-chairing, president, the Parent Association, the PTA. At our school, it's called the Parent Association. At other schools, I know it's called the PTA or the PTC or the PTO or... There are lots of different PT acronyms. But anyway, at our school, it's called the Parent Association. But I think it's more commonly known as the PTA, the Parent Teacher Association. And I want to talk about what this year has been like. And I also know that some of you are considering these kinds of roles. And I thought it would just be kind of a fun conversation for you to get to hear me talk about it candidly, transparently, and all those things. I also know that there's some people some parents from Vinny's school who listen to the show who like think I'm gonna or maybe hope or that I'm gonna like drop a bunch of tea and like spill the dirt on the behind the scenes and I'm not so like spoiler alert this is not about any like hot gossip from behind the scenes it's just gonna be kind of what this experience has been like for me 
because I really, really, really did not know what to expect. And I was actually really nervous about this role. I will tell you from the time I said yes last spring till I got started and actually even a couple months into it, I was really nervous. I woke up many mornings last summer like, oh, what did I say yes to? And what do people expect of me? And how am I going to like, how will I or do I need to like curb who I am to fit this role? Because I know enough about myself that I can be a lot and I can be a little extra about things. And I knew that part of the role was to not just go in like guns a blazing with my own agenda on everything, but to really represent the parents. And I wanted to be really thoughtful and considerate around what that meant and intentional around what that meant. And that's the part I was most nervous about. I wanted to make sure I did a good job around that. That felt like a really big responsibility. So I'm going to talk through some of the things I learned after a year of co-chairing. And I want to just start by saying that I had a co-chair this year who was incredible. And the reason I'm showing up and doing it for another year is because my co-chair is going to do it with me again. And we found this really great kind of rhythm around our leveraging our talents and our gifts that I think has really served the community well. And I don't know, maybe some of you who are listening who go to our school are like, yeah, no, maybe you're disagreeing with me. You're like, yeah, you weren't that great. And that's fine too. But we did do a survey at the end of the year and we did get some good feedback. So I know at least some people think we were a good team. And and I actually think that a lot of people felt that way. And I'll kind of talk through what it was like to get feedback as we go through this conversation. But I was so lucky and grateful to have a co-chair and to have someone who was really aligned with me in terms of values and We gave each other kind of the freedom to like leverage our gifts in different ways and expand on our gifts that could best serve our community because we definitely come to the table with different gifts and different strengths. And so that was really, really cool. And I just want to make sure that while I'm going to be talking about my experience and what this was like for me, I was also doing this alongside someone else who was really phenomenal to work with. And oh my gosh, knew so many things about the school that I did not know. So my co-chair is a dad who has a kid in Vinny's grade as well. And he like knows the bowels of the school. Like he knows the ins and the outs and the background and like just so many things where he was like, oh, we just go over here and get that. Or we ask this person or we do that or this person's in charge. And I mean, I still, after a whole year, I'm like the who, the what, (laughs) who's that? Literally this morning, I'm recording this on Wednesday, June 8th. Literally this morning, I met a mom who is like someone that my coach was like, oh yeah, that mom, that mom, she does this and she does that. And I was like, oh, huh, like I should meet her sometime. I just met her this morning. And as it turns out, I walk past her every single morning on the way to dropping Vinny off because we are walking the same path. And I was like, oh my God, like still so much to learn, right? Still so much to learn. Like I'm still putting names and faces together and figuring out how to navigate this system after a whole year. So that's where I'm going to start. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters. And they're specifically designed to combat 
chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listener can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. This episode is supported by Earn In. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn now can be in your hands today with EarnIn. EarnIn is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Super, super easy to use. You just download the EarnIn app and verify your paycheck. Then you can access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. So the app is free. You can leave a tip if you want. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So here's the thing. Sometimes getting close to your next paycheck, next pay period, and you realize, oh gosh, like paycheck doesn't come until next Friday, but we have this event that we need to attend this weekend and we need money for it. Or we have to buy a gift for someone. Or, oh my gosh, like my kid tore through their shoes and now we have to buy new shoes this weekend and the money's not in the bank yet. So earning can help you access the money you've already earned at work by giving you this little bit of money in advance. So make Earnin part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security, and it gives me a lot of peace of mind. So for our listeners, all you need to do is download Earn In today. It's spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, and you can download it in Google Play or the Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Shameless Mom under podcast when you sign up. So there'll be a little place where you can, where it says, what podcast did you hear about them on? Type in Shameless Mom under podcast. This helps to show support for our show and our advertisers. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank, and subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. The first thing I want to say about this role, the first lesson that I learned really early on and that was really glaring and I knew this lesson was going to be a challenge was I am not used to being a team player. And early on, I was like, holy crap, I also don't think I'm very good at it. So I have had my own business for 19 years now. And that means for 19 years, I haven't had a boss. And I haven't had someone sitting beside me to be like, "Hmm, what if we do it this way instead? Or no, I don't want to do it that way. I've definitely not had anyone over me saying you're not allowed to do it that way. And so I had to really 
temper myself a bit in the beginning and learn, relearn how to be a team player and what is it like to be a part of a system and not in charge of the system. And oh, that was a humbling experience. And there's definitely times where I fumbled a bit, but I will say it was really, really valuable. And why I think this was so valuable. And when I look back at so much time invested in this role over the year, and I think back about like what really makes it worth it, I think fine tuning skills like this is just an amazing life experience. And I'm so incredibly grateful that I walked into this and recognized like, holy cow, you haven't had to be a team player in a really long time outside of like marriage and parenting. And so what is that going to look like? And what is it going to be like when you aren't in charge of all the decisions, when you don't get to call the shots and when you don't agree with some of the shots, how are you going to handle that and navigate that? And so I was aware of that from the beginning. And it was something that I had to work on throughout the year. And it really what was interesting over time was it took finding a rhythm with all the players. And so finding a rhythm with my co-chair and finding a rhythm with the administration team who we worked with and finding a rhythm with talking to other parents and accepting questions and feedback from other parents and deciding what to do with those questions and feedback. All of that was like showing up and practicing over and over and over again. And it felt like a lot of it felt like gosh, like first time, like first game day decisions and first game day like practices and trials around things because I just haven't had to do that in so long. But there was so much value in it. And I know when I move past this experience that I carry that with me. I will carry that with me when I am a team player in other ways and other capacities. And this has definitely opened my eyes to see opportunities to lead in my community in a lot of other ways beyond this experience when I'm done with this role. And that's really cool to me to be able to say like, to see that this is a bit of a stepping stone and it's a bit of a resume builder. And I don't know that anyone signs up for the PTA because it's a resume builder. But as I've thought through what are the skills I've had to learn and leverage and really hone in on over the year, there's been a number of them where I'm like, holy cow, like these are things I could actually take elsewhere. And they will make me better. They will make me a better leader. They will make me a better listener. They will make me a better coach. They will make me a better community organizer. They will make me a better community advocate. And that's awesome. I think that's a huge gift. So I'm really, really grateful for that piece of the experience. The next thing I learned from co-chairing the Parent Association this year is that framing is everything. How you frame something goes a real long way. And I know this from coaching and I work with my clients on this so often and I work with our members inside of Momentum Mamas on this all the time, that when you want something, how can you present that thing to someone else or to a group so that it's a win-win? And sometimes we're so invested in the thing that we want personally or the thing that's going to give us individually the best outcome that it's hard to tie it back to how can we make this work for everyone so that everyone feels really good about the outcome. And my co-chair and I had to work together on a number of things to be like, okay, well, there's some things that we want to do. How are we going to frame it in a way that everyone feels like they are being heard or that they are included or that they have a voice or that this matters to them or that this is the best thing for our community? How are we going to frame things in a way so that everyone feels like they're winning versus everyone versus anyone feeling like we're setting up an us against them or we're setting up something that only works for a few people or worse 
would be like we're setting up something that's just our own agenda, not really thinking through like the community that we are that is standing beside us and the community that we're supporting. So really being thoughtful about how we frame things. And so some of this came up as we were thinking through community events. Some of this came up when we had to ask for permission for different things to get certain things funded or get certain, you know, this came up when we were asking for certain guest speakers to come in. One of the things I took on in this role was bringing in guest speakers for parent education. And I took that role really, really seriously because, you know, this is what I do professionally. (laughs) So I have a lot of connections to amazing speakers and I wanted to be able to bring some of those gifts into our school community, but do that in a way where, first of all, the speaker would be honored and that it would be a safe place for them because we were bringing in some sensitive topics on mental health and race and culture. And I wanted to make sure, first of all, that any speaker I would be bring in would be safe and be honored in their work, but also that anyone, that the community would feel feel like this is something where we all can should and could be really invested in a conversation that furthers us as a community and that connects us as a community and that allows us to see each other and hold space for each other within this community in a in a really powerful way. And so framing those asks from the administration, which ended up having to go through multiple levels of administration, sometimes beyond our school walls and through the archdiocese because we're in the Catholic school system, that was a significant learning curve on like how to frame something so that we can really show that this is in the best interest of everyone or that this is something that is a big win-win for our community. That was something I had to really work on. And it worked. We were successful with it in many ways, not in every way, but in a lot of ways, we were really successful with it. But we had to be really thoughtful around how we managed that. And that was a big learning curve for me. Because again, if I want to have a guest speaker on my show for the podcast, I just reached out to them and ask and not always that they say yes, but I'm not having to go through all these layers. Or when we're asking for funding for something, same thing, like any ask that I do within my business, it's really different. I'm not having to ask for permission. I'm not having to pitch and sell in the same way. And so it's really how to frame the things that you want to bring to a community in a way that community and the community leaders see it as a win for everyone. My third lesson in co-chairing the Parent Association was that timing is everything. And oh, I didn't always get this right. (laughs) So I can be pretty reactive. And when I see something that doesn't sit well with me, it's not easy for me to be like, I'm going to wait until three days from now at four o'clock when you know, I can get someone on a call or in a meeting and they're really able to sit and focus. That's really hard for me to have to wait to react to something. I want to immediately be like, what is this? What's going on? Like, here's my opinion. And I get to do that a lot in the work that I do. And also in just kind of the space that I hold on social media, the space I hold with the podcast. And I had to really learn that timing matters, especially if you want to get what you want. And Sometimes if you are off on your timing, you really miss an opportunity to have a great conversation or to make a conversation really productive in a certain way. And you can, not only can you miss an opportunity, but you can even erode trust. You can damage a relationship. And so I had to really learn about timing and be thoughtful around timing and recognize like, how can we honor where other people are at um, and where other people are at on any given day at any specific hour in the day. And I'll give an example in a second to make sure that we're being thoughtful about how we show up for someone, how we react to something, how we um, present something to someone else. So an example of where I really botched this was 
one morning at like 7 a.m. or something. And, and this was over like something really, really silly. It was over some, like a, an ask for volunteers for something. But there was some confusion in the way that something was worded in a school newsletter around an ask for volunteers. It's like not a big deal. And instead of waiting for an ideal time to talk to someone in the administration about it to say like, oh, I think this is where like the miscommunication was and maybe we could like correct it this way. I sent a barrage of texts to people at 7 a.m. to my co-chair and to someone on the administrative team to be like, here, this is where it got messed up. And can you see this? And what about this? And here's what people are saying. And oh, my gosh, like (laughs) I turned it into like this really big thing, because in my mind, I was thinking we can just fix this really quick. We can just fix this really quick before 8 a.m., before school starts. It's not a big deal. But what's happening on someone else's radar between 7 and 8 a.m. when you're sending a barrage of texts it's not helpful. It's really overwhelming. Like nobody wants 18 texts at 722. That's like, hey, this thing is broken. Can you fix it? Here's let's do it really fast. And you know, like when the texts are coming in, and it's just like dinging, dinging, dinging. Like that's what I was doing. (laughs) Where I was like the person that was having like individual thoughts and then sending them shooting them off one at a time. It was not cohesive. It was just obnoxious. It was completely obnoxious. And I had to after the fact go to a couple people and be like, sorry about that. I understand that was not helpful. It created chaos. It was not like I understand it did not serve like anyone getting what they needed or wanted to kind of clarify this misunderstanding. And it was just silly. And it was like something that blew over really quickly. But it was this reminder to me that timing matters. And like I can communicate with my team like that because that's the rhythm of our communication. And also like they know if I send them something at 722 in the morning that I'm like, please do not reply until later. I'm just sending this because this is when I'm sitting at my computer doing stuff, which is not normal, by the way. Most people are not sitting at their computers at 722 or their phones at 722 working on things. But the dynamic that I have with my team is like, if I send you something at that hour, like I'm expecting you're not going to see it or deal with it till later, I'm just getting it out of my head. That's really different than what my role as the co-chair and shooting, firing off a bunch of texts at 7 a.m. around something that like doesn't need to be dealt with, that doesn't need to be a fire drill right now. So that was a big lesson to me. And primarily because, as I mentioned, mistimed things can really circumvent you getting what you want. But because it can erode trust and it can erode the relationship a bit, it's like anything that you can do to mitigate relationship repair is very desirable. Like Always trying to minimize how much you're going to have to rebuild or repair a relationship because you have not thought something through, because you've been reactive in a moment when it was not maybe not necessary and maybe uncalled for. Like you just want to be aware of you want to limit how reactive you're being and be thoughtful about how reactive you're being. Be thoughtful about what the outcomes can be when you are a highly reactive person, how that's going to help or harm a situation. Because oftentimes it can be definitely more harmful than helpful. And so like checking in with yourself if you're reactive like me. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is 
around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explained. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Number four. So the fourth thing I learned co-chairing the Parent Association is that you must know the values and the mission of the organization. So in my case, it's a school of the organization that you're leading or volunteering for, and then tie your action and your requests to them. So as we got into the year pretty quickly, I realized that when we were making decisions, my co-chair and I, when we were wanting to present something to the administration, when we were wanting things, if we could tie things to the value and the mission of the school and keep that in mind, then it became a quick and easier and much more clear yes to be able to move forward from the administration, from other parents, like just getting buy-in all around was so much easier when you can say, hey, we want to do X, Y, Z. And here's how this, why this is important and how it supports the school mission and the school values. And this is true in any organization and in any level of leadership, when you can connect action or requests back to mission and values, it's so much easier to get what you want. And this makes it really easy to also make sure that you're proving, showing, demonstrating that the asks that you're making are in support of the existing systems structure, values, and mission, and not just in support of your own personal mission and values. And this is something that I had to be careful around because I have a lot of opinions. And I the things that I think, I think really, really strongly. Like you all know that, right? So I had to be really careful when making requests or having ideas and putting things out there that I was able to always connect them back to the mission and the values of the school in order to make sure that other people could see this demonstration of commitment to the school values and mission and the systems within the organization over my own values and mission, which was really, really important to me because I did not want people to think that this was like the Sarah Dean agenda. And especially people who follow me on social media, people who listen to the podcast, I did not at all want it to seem like I was someone who was going to bring all my strong beliefs from my professional life 
into the school system because that would not be appropriate boundaries. That would not be like really owning the role in an appropriate way. And I wanted to be really clear around that from the get-go. And so it became clear early on that that would be necessary as well, but I wanted to make sure that I was honoring that. That was also a way of building trust with the administration, I will say. One of the things I was worried about was the administration of the school, of a Catholic school, is definitely going to be a little skeptical of someone who has a podcast that talks about some of the things that I talk about, even though our school is a really liberal, progressive school overall, and definitely um, a school that you know supports values that are aligned with my family's values. And I wanted to be really careful in building trust with the administration that I was there to represent the school and uphold the school values and mission not necessarily bring in my own agenda in terms of what I do professionally. And so I feel like we were able to get a lot of work done because I was able to step back from my professional identity and own my role as a leader, but not connect it to my work, my professional work and a professional agenda and professional maybe or personal politics, and as much as really connecting back action steps and motivation around uh, in support of our mission and values. And that became, that really also took a lot of tension out of conversations that could otherwise be really hard was to say that this feels like it could be a great option for us because this does support the school mission and it supports the school mission in the following ways. And so then it wasn't just like me trying to get what I wanted. It was really being able to demonstrate and connect back to joint values and mission. And that was really awesome to see. And it created the space for a lot of really great conversations and really thoughtful conversations, which I thought was really important. And just I had just a lot of respect for the way that we were able to carry those conversations out as well. The fifth thing I learned around co-chairing the Parent Association was sometimes you are just planting seeds and they might take a while to sow. So as a highly reactive person, I want to plant a seed and I want like a full blooming like eight foot sunflower with a huge head on it the next day. (laughs) And that doesn't happen anywhere. And so this is something that came up over and over again was like planting little seeds and knowing that like these seeds are going to take a while and it might be in eight months and it might be in 18 months and it might be in eight years. Like there was definitely some things where we were in a position of being able to plant seeds, but not see things come to full fruition and not even knowing when they might come to full fruition. And that was tricky, but we had to remember, I had to remember that that momentum still counts and it's critically important. Planting those seeds is really, really important. And what we were able to see by the end of the year, my co-chair and I, was that we've been able to plant a number of seeds that we know will live beyond our role or us holding these roles even through next year. And that's really, really cool to be able to recognize that. So planting those seeds is still important, even though it can take a long time. And I know for me, sometimes I feel like, well, if, I, if we're not going to get what we want or what we think is important immediately, like why bother? Why put the time and the energy in? And so we had to, I had to like remind myself that sometimes these little things and it's little conversations, little ideas, little things that just get thoughts and ideas beginning and like creating safe places to birth those ideas actually really, really matters. And that's a hard lesson for me, but a really necessary lesson, I think. Um, And I also think one of the more valuable lessons that I learned this year, and I think also one of the most more valuable kind of legacy pieces that I'm leaving in this role is that there's some things that we've planted that I do think will continue to grow, even though it might be really slow. Number six, the sixth thing I learned co-chairing the Parent Association is that some people won't like you, won't talk to you, and won't look at you. (laughs) 
and that's okay. And I will say this was like a small, tiny minority that I'm aware of um, at our school, but there's definitely people who like aren't going to be on board, who aren't going to agree, who are going to think you're too big for your britches, who are not going to want to hear what you have to say, who are going to think that you're overstepping, all those things. And I don't like that. Like, I want everyone to like me and I want everyone to think I'm super awesome. <laughs> and in fact, on Strength Finders, if you're familiar with Strength Finders, one of my top five in Strength Finders is significance. And that means that, like, I like to be honored for like people thinking I'm doing a great job. So to know that there's some people who are like, oh, you kind of suck. <laughs> That's it's a hard pill to swallow. But I will say, because I am so lucky to have all of you in my back pocket and get such great feedback from listeners and clients and members on such a regular basis. I am in this bubble of positivity, which I am incredibly grateful for. And I think it's important to also know that there's people who aren't in your bubble of positivity and that like keep yourself in check because you are not the be all end all and not everyone thinks you're amazing. And so like, let's create some space (laughs) every now and then to be like, you know, there's people who are not going to adore you and who are not going to agree with you. And that's okay. And being able to find some humility around that, I think is really, really important. The other flip side of that is that there's a lot of people who will really quietly be very grateful for the work that you're doing and for the ways that you show up and represent as a leader and as a community member. And they'll never tell you or they won't tell you till you're all done doing your thing. And so at the end of the year, we did this survey And we got so much incredible feedback. And my coach and I were like, holy cow, like we had no idea that people felt this positive about the things that we've done this year. And we have we felt so seen like we're like, oh, my gosh, they do see that we're doing a lot of hard work. And that was really amazing. But we hadn't heard a lot of that earlier in the year, which is totally fine. Like those of you who are listening from our school, this is not like a plea for compliments, but it's just recognizing that people sometimes are really quietly grateful and you might not hear from them or you might not hear from them till the end of a term. And that doesn't mean that they don't appreciate the work that you're doing. So there's like two sides that there's going to be people who don't like you. And then there's going to be people who are like silently adoring you all year long <laughs> and and holding space for both of those things to be true. Not to think that like, oh, everybody hates me because they're, if they're not saying anything or to not think that everybody loves you all the time. So both sides of that are really valuable. And then the last thing that I learned is that you are going to meet some really awesome new people, really, really awesome new people. I got to meet and work with some phenomenal people, leaders, parents, moms, dads, community members. It was, that was the coolest part was just getting to meet people. And a lot of those people were like, how can I help? What can I do? Here's what I'm good at. And that was incredible. And that's actually like so much of what we're setting up for next year is we've been able to see all of these other parents who have incredible gifts. And we're like, hey, let's all work in our gifts and support this parent association in a way that allows all of us to shine. And that's been really, really cool. The last thing I want to say is a lesson that I learned that I have not had to utilize, but I want to remind you this if you are in a role. You don't have to stay in a volunteer role that sucks. (laughs) So if you are in a volunteer role, if you're in a parent association role and it is sucking your soul, you don't have to stay. And I say that because I've gotten messages from some of you this year who have been in that situation and know why you're there, know what makes it worth it for you to be there. And when your why and what makes it worth it are no longer valuable enough to you or just no longer make it worth the cost of time, energy, mental health, and anything else that you're contributing, then say goodbye. 
So those are my lessons learned co-chairing the parent association at my son's school this year. I hope this is helpful for those who are listening from our school. I adore you. Thank you for the love and support. Oh my goodness. It's meant so much. And I'm really, really looking forward to year two. I am carrying these lessons forward for sure. And I just hope that hearing this was helpful in motivating some of you all to maybe step into leadership in different ways and show up and work in different ways in your communities. Because here's the thing, when you get to work in these leadership roles in your communities, you get to be the change. You get to be the people that challenge the status quo. You get to be the people that change policy and change systems and make things better for your kids and for the people that come behind you. And that's what we're here for. That is what we're here for, to show up, to shine, to speak up, to stand up, to be really the advocates and the allies that the world needs of us. So I hope this was helpful. Please share it out with anyone you know who's on a parent association, who's thinking about joining, who's thinking about leading in this way. I hope that this message resonates and I can't wait to hear any feedback that you have. Thank you for being here and I'll be back on Wednesday with a fantastic interview. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts.